everyone, I'm Robert Ring. Welcome to the Classic Gaming Podcast. That was Alone in the Chaos with our intro music. Today's date is November 24th, 2014. Almost Thanksgiving, but not quite yet. With me are my co-hosts, Jay Totoro. Hey, hey. And Blake Corey. Oh, hi there. Uh, Jay. Hi. You moved. I did. How's the new place? It's pretty good. I've been here for a couple days, and it's pretty fantastic. Have you discovered any, like, secret passages Not and stuff yeah, like I'm that. looking for like a hidden safe or something so I can post on Reddit about it. But we have, <laughs> oh no! <laughs> <laughs> we have like a we have like a Harry Potter closet. It looks like something that you could live in if you were an abused child or something. Okay. Cool. Oh All right. God. That got dark. Do you want to come over? Classic. Tell us how. Classic J. <laughs> Classic J. <laughs> uh, tell us about BlizzCon. Uh, BlizzCon was, actually, I didn't go to BlizzCon that much. I went there, I met a couple coworkers, um, I met some clients and players and stuff, and then I played a shit ton of Overwatch, which is Blizzard's new FPS. It's like, oh, you had, I didn't know it was cool. playable. It is so cool. Yeah, oh, the, yeah, a lot of people were playing it there. It, it is like, so like, you know, like people consider like Hearthstone like a super casual TGC type game. It is like the Hearthstone of FPS. It's like, it's so fun. Yeah. Like the classes are really really cool. It, it was a little, it was very imbalanced, obviously, because you know they're still working on the game. But the game itself was really because really... it's made by Blizzard. No, 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 because it's in the early stages. <laughs> I'm just joking. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's no. why. <laughs> no, it, it is really really fun, and I think it'll be really uh, a good esport if it actually like becomes um, skill based. Because I don't I don't know if it can become like that right now. It's very similar to 1.6. Um, so huh. if you're a fan of it, it, it is so cool. What's 1.6? Yes, Counter Strike. Oh, okay. Yeah. God, oh, really? That, uh, I was under the impression that was more RPG. Team Fortress. I'm sorry. Oh, Team more Fortress. Fortress. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I was about Basically, to ask, do you think it's more or less casual than TF2? I think it's actually very comparable. I know people are going to hate me either way I say it because it's just you know your your opinion based on what you've seen so far. I, I'm not a huge FPS person, but I really really enjoyed the game. Like the characterization's really fun. They're very unique uh, for the most part. Um, there obviously was some like super imbalance issues, but like the the it was really funny. Like as we were watching the the video, they were like showing the hype video at opening day. There's like this tanky Tankerton who has like this big ass hammer. And he like puts up a shield and he just like runs at you full speed with his forehead down. And it, it was really cool. I was like, oh, I'm definitely gonna play that. So the first game I queue, all ten people in the lobby are the same fucking characters. <laughs> all this tank tankerton, and his his whole purpose is to negate ranged. So we're just running at each other full speed, slamming each other. And I'm like, you guys okay, are playing so football. That's what that's yeah, pretty much. Awesome. And there's like there's like objectives. So like you know, obviously you're, you're doing the objectives as you go through. And uh, I tried playing that character. Um, I tried playing this chick with an accent. I don't remember what her name was. She's all time based, and it's really cool. Like um, her, everybody has like three abilities, I believe. If I remember correctly. It's been like a week and a half now. But uh, her first ability is obviously her auto attack. It does damage. Um, her second ability, she jumps forward about 10 feet or so. And you have three charges. They respawn, reset every like six seconds. So you can basically like, jump around. So her And she gets one shot by almost anything in the game. So it's all about avoiding damage as much as you can. Her last ability is kind of like if you've played uh, Prince of Persia. You press and hold it and you go back in time. Um, so if you jump, like this guy was chasing me. I jumped off the edge of something. I used it and I went up behind him. I regained all the health that I previously had before I got hit. And I went up behind him and just killed him from behind. And it was really cool. The mechanics were fun. Now, you killed him from behind. Is this character specific? Did you have, like, a backstab attack? Or is this, like, all classes have a kind of backstab attack or something? No, I shot him in the back. She has a gun. Okay. Yeah, I just killed him. Yeah, she's a ranged character. And then the third character I played was a sniper. Um, She has, like, a grappling hook, so she can get into, like, really, really, like, 
catchy play, like really specific spots on the map, and then you basically assassinate them from up there. And it was really, really cool because like, um, th- if there's another sniper, you you pretty much have to catch them before they catch you. And then as soon as you kill them, then you can focus down. There's healers. There's actually healers as well. Uh, so then you like target down the healers, and you can actually kill the tanks if you shoot them in the back. Uh, the whole purpose of the tank is to keep your your face uh, facing your opponent. So. Huh. Game looks really fun. I cannot wait to play beta, like, as soon as it comes out. Like, I think it's gonna be really, really fun. Like, a lot of people are playing, like, Hearthstone in between streams and, like, other games and stuff. I think this game is going to be just like that. I think this game people are just gonna jump on, play, like, you know, maybe 10 sets and then just be done with it for the day. But it's super duper, duper fun. I did hear, uh, other people comparing it to Team Fortress. Yeah, it's it's what I'm, I'm you know like I said I'm not a huge FPS person but that's my only comparison because that's pretty much the only, I grew up with Team Fortress. It's uh, the comparison that a lot of people have been making. I don't think it's unfair. Yeah, it is. Given the big class base that it has, yeah, how like it's thirty classes or twenty classes or something. Yeah, it's even more than TF2, and I mean that's the only other big FPS that uh, has that much of an emphasis on classes, really. Yeah. Um. What is it? Uh, tribes had it to a degree, Tribe, but it wasn't that, near yeah. the same level. I want to know where this game came from because so, they were working it was on it, it. It was partially so. The rumors that I heard from from people when, uh, when I was at BlizzCon, so I was talking to some some of my friends who um, were just telling me about it. They said essentially what like what what the the assumption is is that Titan was an MMO R, um, RTS RTS no uh, FPS, FPS sorry yeah. FPS like um destiny and blizzard was working on it and they said this is not going well fuck this so they took components from it to make overwatch and that's pretty much what overwatch is i'm assuming blizzard said fps mmo is not a thing and cannot be a thing which personally i agree like i I know a lot of people are big fans of destiny but i i don't see destiny lasting for more than you know like two years or so and destiny will last a while it'll you think it'll keep the i think it will Okay, I, I'm very curious. Like, I hope it does. It it's could. A, cool game. a lot of people have been railing on some of its problems, so I think it's going to lose a big part of its viewer base because it had a bad launch, and it yep. did. But and no I don't think that the idea problem. itself is a failure either. Okay. There's been a lot of MMO FPSs over the years. That yeah, I, I was say, Planet Side. I was a huge fan of Planet Side. Oh uh, really? I didn't know you played I that. Loved, yeah, the first one was great. I played a lot when I was a kid. I thought it was one of the coolest concepts ever. Like, I love the teamwork aspect of it. If you're really good at the game, you could, you know, do a lot of work. The second one, I didn't get the same feel from it. It felt more like a regular RTS to me. But you know, hmm. it's you know whatever. But you know, like, I'm not saying the RTS MMO can't work. I just I don't think anybody's done it correctly. And and like I've actually considered on buying Destiny even now. But. I like some of the ideas of Destiny, but for one, I don't have a current gen system. I only have like a 360, uh, and I don't like the design. It seems really like boring, grindy. It it is, but that's because there's no content. It's the beginning. Yeah, exactly. The first stage of WoW. There's no content right now. Right, and And so you have to basically hold on for that long, which is kind of frustrating. But no. But yeah, Overwatch looks fantastic. I think it'll be very successful. Just just based on what I saw so far, and I really, really cannot wait for it to come out in beta. Like I don't usually get hyped up, especially about FPSs, but I think this game will be really fun. And it's I think it's a game that you and I, Robert, and even Blake can play together, which is really, really cool. Oh shit! I know. So in other words, it's not on Steam. <laughs> well, exactly. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> I said that without saying that, didn't I? He did. He he did that. It's on Blizzard's thing. Blizzard's thing is great, man. Um, it's all right. It's not a bad launcher. It's just small scale. It's only for Blizzard stuff. Great, man. 
Um, well, thank you for going to BlizzCon just for the podcast. Oh, I did, yeah, man. I went really just for the podcast. I did not get drunk and eat delicious food and hang out with people that I haven't seen in a long time. Oh, man. I, I absolutely just promise. Dude, I had some bomb-ass food, though. One night we went to – where did we go? Oh, we went to Cheesecake Factory, dude. I spent like $34 on food. It was fantastic. <laughs> I got yeah, everything I could find. I don't care for Cheesecake Factory that much. I, get, I pointed at the menu, and I said, I want one of those. And she goes, which one? I said, no, everything on the menu. Just go and bring it out. And she was like, okay. It was fantastic. And then you're like, no, actually, I just meant an extra menu, please, because this one, <laughs> want this one is very This dirty. one is sticky. I, I don't want to touch that it. That wouldn't surprise me. Those menus are fucking big, and I guarantee they don't clean them up. But... <laughs> <laughs> you got the J guarantee on that one. Blake, what you been up to? Uh, God, what have I been up to? I went to a dinner last night, for, like a friend's Thanksgiving dinner, and uh, uh, oh yeah, see, I was casting Friday, and I know I was because it was the release of Super Smash Brothers for oh, yeah. Wii U. Oh yeah, that's why we couldn't do the podcast. Oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. nerds. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey. Yeah, yeah, I'm coming out with no gloves on this time. Wasn't necessary. Uh, so yeah, that's basically what I've been up to. I've been playing a bunch of Super Smash Bros. Is it good? It is pretty damn good. Uh, it's obviously it's got some annoying flaws in it. Uh, I've heard of one. The online is pretty good. Wow. I was really shocked that the online is as good as that. It is. Surprised me. I was expecting to say really bad. That's where I expected this to go. If you're with some people with a really bad connection, it can be a problem. And apparently, like, Nintendo is not hosting anything on their own servers. Oh. They don't have their own servers. So it's all client-side from what someone else was saying, and that hurts So if somebody's lagging, lot. they're just yeah. Well, no, it lags up the entire game. Everybody oh, lags up. Oh, shut up. So it oh my God. makes it fair, but it's extremely <laughs> frustrating to play in. <laughs> Uh, I heard about that thing that a lot of people are complaining about where, like, what's the fight mode where it's, like, a lot of people, like, all man, every man for himself? Oh, I know what the other one, one of the other ones <laughs> is. Uh, for fun! And you usually have four players in that, and I bet I already know what you're going to talk about. Yeah, you want to do it? You if you s- target one person too much, and I'm putting this in quotes here, uh, you can get temporarily or probably even permanently banned from playing online. What? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Whoa, 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 whoa. Say that again in a way that makes sense. Uh, there is no way to say it that makes sense. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. So, meaning, meaning if you target somebody in a game or you try and queue into them? If you target someone in the game. Like, you're in the game, you've all selected your characters, you're fighting. If you keep beating up one person over and over, there is, like, a system in place that detects that and can ban. Who cares? That's, that's what brothers uh, are for. That's what my brother used to do to me. He used to piss me <laughs> off and make me cry. But guess what? I grew balls. And Are you serious? That is the stupidest thing I'm 100% serious. Oh, Nintendo, why? Did they Have they said why they're doing it? Well, I mean, it's obvious. It's because of uh, to protect the kids kind of a thing. Oh, that's They don't true. need to come out and say that, yeah. I guess that makes sense. Oh, man, that's rough, though. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty lame. Wow, Besides, that is... Aside from a few problems, pretty good game. Yeah, I'm having a lot of fun with it. As I've played it some more, I've discovered more of the character imbalances that I didn't really think were there at first. And then the more I played the game, I was like, oh, no, this character is still awful. Okay, my bad. <laughs> who are the bad ones? Um, I don't know who the characters I are. I thought Ness was going to be really good at first, but... Mm-hmm. 
I don't know if it's the online that's making attacks go through a bunch of mine. Like, all of my attacks have, like, zero priority, it feels like. And the only thing he can really do to set up opponents is his throws are pretty good, but actually getting in on somebody to hit with your throws is a problem. And his PK fire was supposed to be... It can set people up for combos, but the opponent can also just, like, mash out of it. What? So... I got tired of playing him, and I'm probably going to main somebody else's That time. makes me really sad, because actually, he's one of my favorite characters in all those games. This is the character I've used the entire time. It's why it's I loved Earthbound, and it's the reason I picked up the mm-hmm. original Smash on 64. Yeah. And he's just not that good, unfortunately. That's really sad. <laughs> yeah. I think, like, right now, everybody's like, the tier lists aren't that bad. There's not that much of a gap between everybody. And, I mean, in the future, I could be wrong. There could be a lot of new techniques that come out for some of the low-tier characters. But I feel like the list that is starting to show up right now is just... Right now, everybody is really close together. I think it's going to stay pretty much the same and just get spaced out. That's cool, man. I really want to play that. It's a lot of fun. I recommend a Wii U. I recommend Smash. It's a great time to play with friends. I screwed around for like four hours or maybe five on Friday just playing with a bunch of friends I know online. Plus, it's got the eight-man mode now where you can have eight up to eight I players. I saw that on Reddit friends. today. And that's pretty cool if you have that many friends that like to play Smash Brothers. So yeah, that's Sweet. what I've been to. Okay. Um, I've got a moderately cool story. You guys want to hear it? Nah. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> the other weekend, I entered a uh, grappling tournament and came in second place. Grappling? I got a sweet like silver medal. Wrestling grappling? Uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Oh, oh, did you really? Yep. Congratulations. I didn't know you were even doing that. Yeah, thanks. I was pretty excited because uh, the guys that I train with are all really good. So I, I wasn't. This up before. So they always smash me, and I wasn't expecting to to do all that great. I just was kind of do. You know, I didn't really care if I won. I was just doing it for fun. And uh, a few of the guys that I trained with were there also, and I managed to. Uh, I in my division, it was there. To be to be fair, I came in second out of three guys, because uh, my division was just me and one of the guys that I trained with, and then some other guy from another uh, BJJ gym, and. I got the takedown on him, and I basically just, like, laid on top of him, and I was like, I'm not gonna, I was like, okay, I got this, I'm not gonna, like, let him get on top and, and, and screw this up, so I'm just gonna play it safe, so I was just, like, smashing my forearm into his face and, like, trying to make him as uncomfortable as possible, and then my coaches started yelling smart things for me to do, and so I did those things instead. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> it ended up beating him, and that was all it took, and since, since... Uh, the other guy and I are from the same, we're on the same team. They didn't have us go up against each other, so they kind of scored it on points. Okay. So the other guy from my gym got first, I got second, and this other That's guy. That's cool. Got. Congratulations. It was pretty fun. That sounds like it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one other thing real quick, and then we'll actually get to the podcast proper. I started, uh, so, so this is, uh, a few, I guess about a month ago. Steam started this curator page thing. I'm sure Blake's heard of it. Yeah. Sure. Um, I started one for the Classic Gaming Podcast. Nice. Um, I'm not... So so what this is, if you're not familiar with it, uh, if you like have a Steam page or a Steam group or whatever, you can now create a curator page, and it kind of like recommends games for other people to buy if, if like... 
it's it's mostly beneficial or it's mostly like being used by kind of like the bigger websites and podcasts and stuff like Giant Bomb and all that. They have their curator page and people say, okay, well if Giant Bomb's recommending these games and you know it's 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 probably something that I'll be interested in. So you can go and check out their page and if you buy it from them, I don't you get like a piece of the of the transaction or something like that. Okay. I'm not really concerned about like getting any money from this, but I thought it would be interesting to try out since most of the curator pages are not going to be most of them i think are going to be pretty similar to one another just recommending like whatever is kind of like big and popular and all that but um for ours of course since we're the classic gaming podcast i'm, I'm sticking strictly to classic games so uh hopefully you know i'm kind of hoping that it'll actually be kind of a fun thing for people to check out maybe even a little bit helpful and informative uh, I don't plan on making any money basically whatsoever. I don't really care about that. I just thought it'd be a fun thing to do. I do. So, because... Whoa, Blake. <laughs> Blake is on. So, uh, I do. So, so check it out. I, it's, I, I think we've probably got like, I've, I've probably recommended about 20 games so far. I try to add some periodically. There's not a ton yet, but I'm going to keep on pushing them on there. But if you're kind of in the mood for a classic game, you don't know what to buy. That might be a place to look is to check out our Steam curator page. Cool. We're we're called Classic Gaming Podcast on Steam. Oh, like so we actually case. got the name right for once. <laughs> yeah. Oh, got him. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, let's go on and move on to news. Uh, Blake, do you by chance feel like doing the awesome news voice for us? It's time for news. Not sure so monotone. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I got uh, two things. One, Microsoft has filed a trademark for Star Wars. Wait, wait, wait. Um, Thank I know you. this one. You do. Uh, crap. What was it? Battletoads. That. Oh really? God, that's right. Oh God. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, I'm not snake. Maybe I'll just come. No. <laughs> uh, so that basically, that's the, <laughs> that's the extent of that news. Like pretty much. Yeah, they have. There hasn't been anything else about that yet. Yeah. What the fuck. All we know is that they filed for the trademark Battletoads, and there's nothing else that anybody knows about it. So that might be interesting. Okay. We'll see what happens. David Hayter did an AMA on Reddit. He did? Yeah, uh, on, uh, he did it 14 days ago. We've got it pulled up right now. Okay. Uh, that was kind of cool. I asked him a question and he didn't answer it though. What an wow. asshole. I cried. I'm, I'm sorry I missed your question. <laughs> I don't even care anymore that he didn't answer my question. Blake does the voice good enough. I doubt that very much. <laughs> <laughs> Um, somebody asked him what his favorite single line is from the entire Metal Gear Solid series, and he replied, diarrhea. <laughs> what? Is that a real thing? Or? That's a, That was a line from, from the game, yeah. Metal Gear Solid 4, specifically, is what he's writing. Ah, oh, Jesus. Here we go. <laughs> uh, all, isn't it? <laughs> last one. Um... <laughs> Is okay. So Ron Gilbert and Gary Winnick, <laughs> you guys know who they are because I just told you who they were 30 minutes ago. Uh huh. <laughs> who are friends. they? <laughs> you should uh, explain. 
they're my heroes, even more so than David Hayter is. Um, they worked on some of the very early LucasArts point-and-click adventure games, the real classics like uh, Monkey Island, Maniac Mansion, and those games. They recently started a kick- Kickstarter. I'm about to pull it up right now, actually. Uh, for a game they're working on called Thimbleweed Park. Uh, Thimbleweed, if you're familiar with any of the uh, LucasArts games, it seems like it's kind of a play on uh, uh, Threepwood, which is... uh, Guybrush Threepwood is the main character of Monkey Island. They... they, That that, that alone was also sort of a play on Bobbin Threadbare, which was the, the character of Loom. But they're making this game Thimbleweed Park. They started a Kickstarter on it recently. <clears throat> um, right now, it's got 23, 23 days left to go. Their goal is $375,000. And so far, they've raised $391,000. Holy shit. Wow. Um, what they're making is a point-and-click adventure game in the exact style of all the old ones that they made back in the day. Uh, a quick excerpt that I grabbed from the, the Kickstarter here. We want to make one of those again, and we want to do it right, referring to uh, the, the classic point-and-click adventures. We don't want to make a game inspired by or paying homage to classic, classic point-and-click adventures. Interesting. We, we want to make a real classic point-and-click adventure. Thimbleweed Park is a game I for like true lovers. Attitude. I do, too. <laughs> I actually, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that in a second. Thimbleweed Park is a game for true lovers of adventure games. This is a Kickstarter for fans who loved Maniac Mansion, Monkey Island, and everything else that made that era great. It strips away all the cruft built up over the years, and it's distilled down to what we loved about the genre. Um, and yeah, I, like, I agree with that, what you said. I like that approach. Like, it's not a riff on the old classic point and point. Yeah, or like a remake or something. Yeah, you sound like a robot. Oh, sorry. Now you're, now you're okay. Yeah, or like a remake, or, or, you know, they're, they're just making the games, another game just like the old ones that they made. Which really is what, is, is better than any of those other kind of options. Uh, I backed this one myself. I did it at the- Of course you did. I did it, yeah, of course I did. I mean, as soon as I saw it, I was like, alright, what are the, what are the pledge levels? I pledged, uh, $50 (laughs) to it. You get the game. Uh, soundtrack and your name in the in-game phone book. Question. Did you ask your wife's permission before you did it? <laughs> no. Why'd you ask? I'm just curious how much trouble you're going to get in. So go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think the 50 bucks, I don't think she's going to care. All right. I'm not going to get too flipped out about that. Don't call me for a couch when you get <laughs> Jay, my wife kicked me out. I'm, I'm going to fly to, I'm going to fly to Phoenix and then come see. <laughs> So, uh, needless to say, I'm pretty excited. Um, they've got a couple screenshots you can see on the, uh, Kickstarter. I'll put it in the show notes, but you can see it, it looks, uh, just like the old, uh, games that they made back in the day. It's got the open, pick up, push, close, look at pool, give, talk to, use menu, and the inventory, and all that. Uh, their goal for, uh, releasing the game is, I believe, June 2016. Or some of these are saying August. Anyway, sometime mid-2016. So we got close to two years before it comes out. Um, honestly, I was kind of glad to see that too, because I see a lot of stuff for games like this that are like, yeah, we're, we're going to have it mid-next year, or like by the end of this year. 
and then it ends up getting delayed for 12 months or whatever. What are uh, they doing with the the surpassed goal? Uh, okay, so they so they came up with some stretch goals. They kind of recently just came up with the stretch goals because uh, okay. I don't think they were planning on hitting them so quickly. <laughs> um, where are the stretch goals? Come on, stretch goals. Let me see if I can find them. Okay, stretch goals. Uh, so 375,000 is what they're looking for. They got 391,000 so far. At 425, there are they're going to have translations into German, Spanish, French, Italian, and some other language to be picked by backers. If yeah. they break, okay, that's for okay. So that's for 425,000. If they make 425,000 and one dollar. They're going to have the German translation of Thimbleweed Park will be done by Boris schneider Joan, who is responsible for the amazing German translation of Monkey Island. Hmm, Fair enough. That's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Um, if they reach 525, it's going to be on iOS and Android. And if they reach 625, they're going to have voice acting. Wow. Nice. They're going to hit it, aren't they? Uh, I don't know. You know, 625. That's that's a big goal. That's pretty. How steep. long do they have? 23 days. Okay, they could make that. I mean, yeah, they <laughs> definitely could. I don't know. Uh, you know, that's kind of. I I don't doubt that they'll reach the translations goals. Above that, we're just gonna kind of wait and see. But I mean, I wouldn't be surprised either way. So if you're a fan of those games, like I am. Uh, I highly recommend you. It's crazy that they got that much money, though. Yeah, go and check this out. Um, it's, it's crazy because like, you're the, one of the only people that I know that talk about those games uh, as passionately as you do about them. Uh huh. That's cool. Yeah, there's definitely plenty of others. There's, there's other people out there like me. There are literally dozens of us. <laughs> <laughs> Good one. Um, and I think that does it for news. So why don't we talk about what games we've been playing? Sound good to you guys? I don't know. I suppose we could do that. All right, let's do it. Seems like a lot of work, though. Um, I think I went first last time. Blake, why don't you go first? Man, for realsies? Yeah, realsies. All right. Uh, well, I am still playing Majora's Mask. I'm honestly, I'm actually playing it right now while we're doing the podcast, so that I can try to make some more progress. <laughs> um, <laughs> unfortunately, I somehow lost my save file from the last time I played. I had only gotten right outside of the city, but that was still about an hour, maybe a little more of work to get out there. I was going to have the first dungeon finished by the time that we started the podcast today, but instead I'm still trying to make my way into it right now. Uh, since I didn't get into some of the notes that I had last time, I was going to wait until I'd finished way more of the game to talk about some of the stuff, but hey, I don't have anything else to say right now. So I believe... That this is the first Zelda sequel, is that correct? Oh, is uh, sequel? Like the first direct sequel that has the same character. What is Because I don't same... think any of the game. Well, okay, no, because uh, Zelda Two, the yeah, Forgotten oh, yeah, Zelda, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, I see what you're saying. Wait, okay, so I was like is... so confused what you meant. Which one yeah. is this a sequel to? Uh, this is a sequel to Ocarina of Time. Oh, I didn't know that. It's yeah. the same. It's the same like um, setting. Like, sort of. Well, it's in character. No, it's not. And that's what ends up bothering me about it so much. It's like, it's the first sequel that has the same character, but, like, the setting is totally different. Because, like, it takes Link from Ocarina of Time, and then it keeps the Ocarina of Time, 
and that's one of the only things that really carries over. Like everything else in this world is new stuff that you don't really see in uh in Ocarina of Time. You don't there's no moon with a weird face on it. There's no mask in the in Ocarina of Time that's an evil voodoo mask and like there are no other ties to Hyrule aside from the fact that it's Link. So like what bothers me about it is that it doesn't feel like a Zelda game for a lot of reasons and all they did was take like they could have reskinned this with anything and it would have been a, a totally fine game. Like the, the fact that it's a Zelda game without all these Zelda elements and they're just like, "Oh yeah, he's not in Hyrule anymore. He's somewhere else." It just feels like they put Zelda there to for the marketing purposes, it, which is just bothering the crap out of me. Um, it just, it just doesn't feel like Zelda because it's this weird continuation and it's got no ties to anything that we might understand aside from, Hey, check it out. Link's in another adventure. Also Skull Kid and that happy mask guy that we introduced in the last game too. But the rest of the themes, like, the entire the master sword uh hyrule town and everything it's all different stuff without any connection which i think it could have been a lot better if they had actually made a sequel to ocarina of time if there was anything to do there but instead it's it's weird randomness um as far as gameplay goes it's okay the mask concept is cool it doesn't feel zelda-y what's the mask concept well, it's just, it's the entire basis of the game. Like, you collect masks, and different masks have different properties. They can do different things. Okay. Uh, the first mask you get in the, in the game, the Deku mask, lets you turn into a Deku scrub. You can spit bubbles around, you can spin, and it changes your appearance so that people react to you differently. And a lot of the other masks have a very similar effect. Uh, later on, there's a Zora mask. It lets you swim better, uh, stuff like that. And... It's a cool concept with a Zelda motif thrown on top of it. Um, it's the only annoying thing about it is that it's like the way that inventory management is done is that like you have to go in there, you have to equip a mask to a button, and then you have to exit the menu, and then you have to equip the mask. You go through a cinematic to put it on. If you're only doing one thing with that mask, you put the mask on for five seconds, you do the thing, and then you have to wait until to take the mask back off, and you're just sitting there, just like okay doing the same little visual sequence again <laughs> instead of just like putting on the mask, ha- having him spin around once and changing in his appearance. And oh, that sounds kind of annoying. Like you know, you can fast forward it though after the first one. Can you? Yeah. You what? just press it again. Like a button? I so you press the mask again the button, right? and it wasn't oh. doing anything. Oh dog, you right through it. Weird. This is the whole reason he hates this game, Robert. This is the whole reason he hates this game right here. The whole reason? It's like, well, never mind. No, I don't amazing. like it for a lot of the reasons actually. Um, Holy shit, this is I, actually an awesome game. <laughs> Holy crap, this is the best! <laughs> you guys! You guys! No. Um, it's also, like, I haven't gotten to a lot of that stuff yet, so I don't want to talk about how much uh, it's a darker Zelda game. I haven't gotten to that on this playthrough, so I'm going to wait for that. Uh, the other thing I really don't like is the time crunch aspect. I haven't quite gotten there yet, but I've been screwing around enough at the Deku Palace that it's like, oh, God, if I don't start figuring out what the hell I'm supposed to do, I'm going to have to reset time and walk all the way back here. And the fact that, like, you reset time, but it doesn't reset all of the things that have happened in the town, 
from a gameplay perspective, that's good because, oh my god, having to do some of that stuff over and over and over again would be tedious and impossible to get it all done in, uh, in the three days that the game allots you. But from a logic perspective, it's like, why do I still have this item right now? What, how did this happen? Okay. And it just ends up getting annoying to me, having to do some of the stuff again, but then other stuff, it's like, no, 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 you're okay. You, you managed to keep all that stuff. Like, you're able to bank your rupees. How does the bank keep count of the money that I've given it in the future? Dude, how creepy is that banker, too? <laughs> the banker's so creepy. It's like, tick, 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 tick. He's trying to how much money do you want to put subject, in? Like, don't let him. I, I I know I know I'm getting back to it I'm letting him say his part I don't <laughs> oh, care. Oh no, but the banker is freaking hilarious though. You have to admit. Well, sure. I I guess if you're into wacky zany Nintendo character number nine hundred thirty-seven. <laughs> <laughs> so like you're able to anyone that ha- doesn't understand the game, what you can do is there's a you have a three day time span, and once you get to the end of that three days, you have to rewind time and go back to day one, and in there are different things that happen on different days and you have to do certain things in a specific order to get them to happen, to unlock all of the side quest content and everything. And in short, it ends up being very annoying to me. The other thing that I don't like about it is that some things do change and other things don't. Some things are persistent and other things aren't. There's a banking system and you have to deposit your rupees into the bank, but the bank is only open at certain times. And if you don't deposit your rupees into the bank, before rewinding time, you lose that money, which I can't even wrap money, my head money around. Money is not even an object in that game, though. Like once you get a decent amount. Well, but just the logic of the situation oh, yeah. just bothers the crap out of me. Uh, I haven't gotten to a lot of the other stuff that I've experienced before in the game, so for now, I think that's the big stuff that I do want to talk about. Um, I'll probably bitch a lot more about the time thing in the future because yes, there's will. all sorts of other stuff to do with Especially that. To the water dungeon. Oh God, I don't wanna. <laughs> and by the way, ladies and gentlemen, for those of you who don't understand, his second playthrough this time was not on accident. He did it on purpose so he could play twice. Just get it out there. Now. <laughs> yeah, so yeah that's way, it exactly. In case anybody is listening to this and don't know the background of this, uh, Blake. Really dislikes this game, and but he had to he has to play it because he lost a bet. Uh, I don't bet. remember what the bet was anymore. Tetris. Um, it was the Tetris bet. Oh, yeah. Tetris! Whoever did. Oh, my shit stomp. Yeah, yeah, we had Tetris competition. Blake lost, so he's gonna play it. Okay. So, yeah. is it? How does it stack up to how you remembered it? Pretty much. The same. Um, so far it's pretty much the same. Right. Uh, the only other thing I want to talk about is it's got the terrible. 64-bit Zelda camera, oh, no. which is really, really awful. Why? Why is that? It, you have like no control over it. Yeah. Like zero control. Hmm, I don't remember that. It's it just oh, it's so annoying. I mean, you have to like Z target or well, not Z target, but just press the Z button all the time to get the camera into a spot where you can kind of see what's going on. And then as soon as you turn around and go somewhere else, you have to Z-target again. And uh. Okay. <laughs> Let him rant. <laughs> you okay. think that's a rant? Do we need to reference Robert's... Oh, Kingdom God. Kingdom. Do, you want to talk about Kingdom Hearts, Robert? <laughs> I'll talk about whatever you want me to. You oh, want to talk about Haley Jawsman? We can get him on the show. Okay. 
Tom, All right, Tom, so Majora's Mask is done. Well, let's move on to not Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> Please. I've been through enough today. Jay, you want to go next? I'm polite. Sure. Okay. All right. Uh, so for – let me pull up the thing here so I have the date. Uh, so for this playthrough – Oh, for this... real quick. Speaking of date, hmm? guess what game had its 10th anniversary last week? 10-year anniversary last week. I don't know. World of Warcraft. Well, also – What? I didn't think you were referencing. Wow. Metal Gear Solid 3. Oh, God. How was that? How was what? The anniversary. Did you go to a fucking party or something? Oh, yeah. I went to a Metal Gear Solid 3 party. Oh, was it a big circle jerk? Everybody's Everybody just blowing each other while they Everybody play? Everybody's hiding. Yeah. yeah. That's how I know it was there because I didn't see anybody at the party. I'm pretty sure just nobody was there. I'm just going to throw house. it out there. I invited Yeah, there you go. I can't believe that those two games come out came out so close to each That's other. That's really weird. I did That's not weird. realize that at the time. I didn't either. <sighs> Think about that one for a few minutes. No. Okay. Go you, ahead. Done? you done orgasming? Yeah. Uh, All right. Damn. Wait, you want to finish? Okay, no. Okay. Uh, so for this week, um, I played um, Advance Wars 2 uh, for Game Boy Advance. Well, it originally came up for Game Boy Advance. Um, so this is 2003. I just want to check the dates, yeah, just to make sure. Um, so Advance War, this is the second installment of the series. I actually played the second one before I played. Are you done, Robert? I call all I did was. Call. <laughs> I'm just testing. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is the second installment of the series. I played the second one before I actually played the first one. I played the first one a lot later. But uh, Advance Wars is an RTS game um, for the handhelds. I don't know if it's made for anything else. Like, do you know by chance? I'm assuming you would know. I do not know. Okay. Uh, so Advance Wars is an RTS game um, with mechanical type, um, and then there's some infantry units as well. And so pretty much how the, the game goes in the early stages is if you can either do the campaign or you can do, like, the uh, skirmishes. Uh, most people who start playing the game obviously do the campaign. Uh, sorry, start, if anybody who starts playing the game starts playing the campaign. And uh, pretty much it's a 1v1 situation, and they put you in circumstances that give you certain units, and then a lot of times they'll allow you to pick from a variety of characters. Uh, each of the characters has their own special ability, and um, pretty much you can you earn characters throughout the, the campaign, obviously, because like, as you do certain missions, you unlock better and better characters. Well, not better and better, different characters. Is this and, a turn-based strategy it is. game? It is. Okay. And so pretty much you move all your units, then you attack uh, with each one of them, and then they move all the units, and then you attack. And pretty much how it goes is like... Um, your the the way the game basically works is obviously certain um, units are stronger against other unit uh, against other units, but there's a fog of war in uh, majority of the harder levels. And so what'll happen is if you're just running and there's an enemy in a tree or something, because um, pretty much it's a it's a um, tiled layout. There's some water, there's mountains, um, and then there's like trees and stuff, and you can't see into the trees unless you go in them. And so if you like nosedive straight through the trees and there's somebody in there, it stops your movement, and that's the end of your turn unless you want to try and attack. Um, there are certain units that can only, um, attack every turn or they have to, um, do it first before they actually move. And so like artillery, they basically have to move into position and then the next turn they can fire. And so it's, it's very like Starcraft-esque, Robert, but it's got the Final Fantasy tactics because it's more turn-based. So there's obviously units that are better against other units. You kind of have to, um, understand what your opponent is building and counteract that and they'll do the same thing and you kind of do it back and forth. Um, the, the objective of the game is obviously to kill your opponent or to crush their headquarters. And you crush their headquarters by getting an infantry on any building, but specifically the headquarters, you have to get on top of it. And, um, if your infantry is on it for two turns, then you destroy it and you win the, and you win that level. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, it's it's really it sounds very simplistic, but there's a lot more to it because as you're progressing through the level, there's choke points. Like if you want to position like a bunch of artillery on a bridge or right before the bridge, kind of like uh, Saving Private Ryan, that kind of situation where you kind of like set things up so if they try and cross the bridge, you block them off and blow them up. And then you'll you'll build you'll uh, take over other buildings that provide resources, or they could be structures that allow you to build buildings at that location. Um, only certain buildings allow construction. If you have only certain buildings do so you have to take over those buildings and you can't have any unit on top of that building. So you have to move everything off of it and then you can build one unit per turn. And so it's very strategic based. So if you don't like strategy games, obviously this isn't going to be for you. And there are times when it is incredibly frustrating because uh, the AI is obviously like in games like that, they can't make the AI as smart as a human. So they take imbalances they they add imbalance to it so pretty much like you'll build a unit and you're both in fog of war like let's say you build an air unit right and you're just like okay i'm gonna like try and sneak around and do some damage they'll just build an anti-aircraft gun just off of a quote-unquote hunch <laughs> and so you're flying the base and they're just like positioned perfectly and you're like oh that's a big fuck you like i'm just gonna lose this thing and and uh, fall super far behind but no, uh, so pretty much uh, once you beat the campaign, which campaign's not too hard. They they give you, a, they pretty much explain to you in every level, like, hey, this is what you kind of have to do. Just, you know, don't fuck it up. And, and you pretty much do that, and, and you get through the campaign pretty easily. The fun part is after you beat the campaign, um, you start unlocking harder and harder skirmish missions. And the skirmish missions start off where it's 1v1. Uh, you might have, and you get rankings. So if you perform very well, you'll get an S rank, A rank, B, C, D, et cetera, et cetera. So what makes it really interesting, though, is not only do you 1v1, you can 1v2, you can 1v3, you can 1v4 in the last levels. So there's four opponents versus you, and you have to kill them very quickly, very efficiently, in order to get an S rank. I've never gotten an S rank on the 1v4s. I've never even gotten close, but I have beaten the 1v4s, and it's incredibly hard. Like Every move is like chess. You have to sit there and calculate what you're going to do, what your plan is, what are they going to do to counteract it, and then you have to kind of think like four or five turns ahead. And it's super duper fun, especially when you beat them, because it's like, you know, obviously it's very, very difficult. And, and uh, yeah. But uh, I'm trying to think what else. The storyline's okay. It's not really anything of my special. It's about some bad guys, and they're doing their thing, and you have to stop them, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera. Nothing, nothing too, like, in-depth that I know of. Uh, music's really catchy. It's something that if you played enough, you'll catch yourself humming it and stuff like that. And I can actually, I can actually like, remember it pretty quickly if I just think about it. And uh, graphics are 2003 Game Boy Advance, so it's in color, obviously, and it, it's it's pretty fancy. It's nothing too too shabby. Um, uh, what uh, is this better than the first Advance Wars? I I think so. I mean, I played the the first Advance Wars afterwards, and and it's kind of hard to, to go back and play a different one. Uh, it it's the basic same style. Like if you if you liked Advance Wars two for the gameplay and didn't really care about the graphics too much, you could play Advance Wars one and not really not really care. And that, well, that's kind of the way it was for me. What is it that makes this game stand out so well? Because I know this is a lot of people really like these games. I have never played it. I, I don't know. I, I think it might be the art style. It's like this kind of cartoon-esque, kind of funky-looking thing. and It's very bright pastel colors. Yeah. It, it's I don't know what it is about it, but also the... Um, the, the cool thing about it is, like, there's a lot of animation to it. So, like, when you engage somebody, pretty much it's, like, uh, an imaginary dice rolls, right? But they actually show it. So, like, if you walk up with a tank versus infantry, the tanks fire their shells, the shells hit the infantry, then the infantry return fire. And it's, like, it's kind of a cool, like, little, like, visual for what's actually going on. Okay. So, I don't know. I, I, don't actually, I really don't know what it is about it that, that's so good, but I, I think it's just a combination of things. Like, like said, sure. bright pastel colors, good music. <laughs> 
Storyline's okay. Gameplay's really, really good. And I, I think the, um, the amount of units and their usefulness is what really adds to the gameplay on it. Nice. Yeah. Fun game. Very fun game. Would definitely recommend it. If you like anything to do with RTSs, like if you like Final Fantasy Tactics for the gameplay, you'll very much so enjoy this game. Sweet. If you haven't played it. Mm-hmm. All right, then. Looks like it's on to me. Let me see if you guys can guess what game I played based on this clue. Metal Gear Solid 3. Monkey Island. Did you say nerd? Um, I don't know what that is. You don't know what a nerd is? I know what a nerd is. <laughs> That's us. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, Watch your mouth. It rhymes with pedal fear stolid through. Oh, shit. The buns yeah. of... So, it's exactly what I just said? You said three. Oh. <laughs> oh, Got you played two. <laughs> Why would you do Good that to yourself? <laughs> God, I'm sorry. I played Metal Gear Solid 2, Sons of Liberty. As you probably know if you listen to the podcast very much, I like the Metal Gear Solid games. A lot. They're really good games, and I like them. I like to play them. Uh, so I haven't played Metal Gear Solid 2 since college, I guess. Like, oh, over ten years ago? No, about 10 years ago. No, more than that. Over 10 years ago. And yeah, the 10-year anniversary of 3 just happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that would make sense. Whenever it was that Metal Gear Solid 2 came out, I, I bought it like six months afterward or something along those lines, maybe. And uh, that was the first Metal Gear Solid game I played. I really enjoyed it. And then got hooked on the series after that. Um, I haven't played it since then, though. I've, pl- I've played 3 and 4. I went back and played 1. Uh, a few, well, I guess earlier this year, that was what we talked about it on one of the episodes. Now I'm kind of making my way through back, back through them again because, uh, I played them in such a weird order that the story really got lost on me even more than, even more so than it will just from playing them straight through in order. Uh, so I'm playing through because I want to play the Phantom Pain and of course, uh, Ground Zeroes. So, um, I'm working my way back through them. I played Metal Gear Solid 2. I've been actually playing, working on it for a while now because we only have one TV at my, in my house and usually either my daughter is watching TV or later at night my wife is and old Rob doesn't get a whole lot of TV time. Old Rob. <laughs> Gotta use that from now on. So I've been working on it for a while. I've been, I've been playing this probably for like two or three months off and on. Uh, and I just finished it. Uh, and so, a quick overview, just to kind of run down kind of what overall it felt like. Um, the things that stand out about it to me are, it's got pretty, like, a lot of cool Easter egg type things. Um, and then as is pretty much par for the Metal Gear Solid series, it's got really awesome storytelling, really, really cool cutscenes, and pretty good gameplay. And I think I would, I, I think I would say right now, I, didn't enjoy it quite as much as I did when I first played it back when it first came out. Damn right. It wasn't a, it, I didn't love it as much as I remember loving it because it does have some problems. Um, where, where, where should I start? Let's see. Um, oh, let's, 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 let's go with, the <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's start with the gameplay. 
So, well, you know, actually, let's go, let's go with the kind of one of the, one of the big things about the game, which is, so this was, it might be kind of hard to put this in perspective if, uh, you didn't really, uh, play, like, if you didn't start off with the original Metal Gear Solid and then play this one years later when it came out before there were three, four, and now like five and a couple mobile versions now, this was kind of a bigger deal than it might seem. Uh, so obviously the first one came out, Solid Snake is the main character, he's awesome, everybody loves him. Metal Gear Solid 2 came out, and you play Solid Snake for like the first two hours of the game. And then you're stuck playing... Well, uh, I think we need to elaborate on... Okay, go ahead, finish your thought. That needs to be built on, though. Go ahead. Well, alright, like you're about to say, they switch which character you're using after that. You play as Snake for... Maybe an hour. No, it's real about. Game. Well, I don't, okay, good. It's an about hour, an hour, one or two hours. The reason it was such a slap in the face is because before that, the game had been marketed as playing with Snake. The demo for Metal Gear Solid 2 is the section where you play as Snake. There's no indication that that is going to change after the demo. It just happens when you're playing the real game. So you're sitting there, you're, you've played Metal Gear Solid 1, you played the Metal Gear Solid 2 demo, and then all of a sudden you switch over to Raiden, the new character, the annoying character. And you're like, what the, alright, this, he, it's gotta switch back. This has gotta be like the middle section of the <laughs> right. game or something. That's all this is. And then after a while, Raiden's gonna go away and we're gonna play a snake again. We're gonna get some more snake bits. And then we don't. Instead, we get all the riding bits. <laughs> you get riding. That's a, that's a little nudie joke. There you go. Yeah, yeah. You get to meet up with Snake and talk to him and stuff. But you never play as him again. Also, Snake, and only Snake, is on the cover of the game. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, and what I mean by what I was saying earlier, if you look at the games now... It's kind of like, oh, it's not a really big deal because in Metal Gear Solid 3 you play as you know, as Naked Snake, in Metal Gear Solid 4 you're Snake. So it's just this one game. But when this one game came out, it was the second Metal Gear Solid game. There was one where you play as Snake and one where you get to play as Snake for an hour or two. But in Metal Gear Solid 3, Naked Snake's character is basically Snake too. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. A very different character. That's my point. There, if you look at him as a whole, it's, you can say like, oh, there's this one game where you don't get to play as a cool character. But back then, yeah. this was the second game. Everybody, it was really built up because it, you know, came out a while after the first one. Everybody really liked the first one. And then this happened. So okay. it was, it was kind of a big deal. I was so upset, man. I That's cried in my mom's <laughs> bed that night. I was and so upset. So not only are you not Snake, but as as Blake said, you're this kind of annoying, sort of whiny character with a high voice. He's got, like, long blonde hair. He's not, like, a tough, badass guy like Snake is. He's pretty much the exact opposite. Um, And he's always talking about how he's fit for the mission. Because we trained this in the VR! It's just like real life. It emulates it perfectly. And, uh... It's... It was clearly done to troll people, like as a joke, but... Well, there's a lot of uh, 
opinions that like it was a very very meta game too where it was like yeah Raiden represented the Metal Gear Solid player base or something <laughs> yeah how they thought that they could be super sneaky super soldiers now or something because they played the game I can see that like, I, I think I might really that. like this character now I think I might play <laughs> just the second one now there you go there it is um but Blake as you said a while back we were talking about the game that probably was on purpose but it doesn't change the fact exactly that's the thing <laughs> it's they... like okay to reference a different game that isn't retro uh final fantasy 13 uh this isn't a real spoiler this happens in like the first five minutes of the game uh there's a little kid in the game called hope he oh. joins your party and his parents have died now again mm-hmm. that's not a real spoiler or anything mm-hmm. and the way that he acts about it is very understandable for a kid that's just lost his mom. It's his mom specifically that dies. The thing is, that doesn't mean that it makes him an interesting character or one that I want to deal with. Right. And it's that's okay, why Hope sucks. You only play as him for fucking an hour, and then they switch, and then they switch again, and then they switch again. Back and back, oh, and over and over and over. For the first two discs. <laughs> so, uh... Raiden, I feel like, redeems himself in some of the later games. Absolutely. Some people disagree with me on that. I'm glad that you agree. Cause I because I definitely... It seems like they t- they stopped making his character a caricature so much. Yeah, yeah. And they let him become his own character. Rather than, like, a, a slave to their narrative that they're trying to tell through the story. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, Obviously, he had his own game, uh, Revengeance, which is, like, more of an action game. But I feel like Metal Gear Solid 4... Was really like he had some like really awesome moments in that in that game. Yeah, I thought even in four that he was a much better character because yeah. he was a character. That was the thing. Yep. And Metal Gear Rising Revengeance, I have played through it and it is an absolute blast. So, uh, you know, so aside from the whole Raiden character situation, um, the story is told really well. If you're familiar with the Metal Gear Solid series, it's got kind of this quirky take on things. As I said earlier, it's got really badass cutscenes. The uh, uh, it's got a lot of cool characters. So riding aside, there's there's Snake, of course. He does show up later in the game after you're done playing as him. Uh, there's Ocelot, of course. Um, there's lots of absolutely ridiculous stuff like you also find in the Metal Gear Solid games, such as Fat Man, who is a boss that he he his thing is he uh he's like a he sets bombs and he rides around on a skateboard and drinks wine with a straw while wearing a bomb suit and when you fight him it's him riding around on a skateboard and setting bombs everywhere and you got to go uh defuse the bombs real quick and then every once in a while shoot him and that's kind of how the Fight goes, but just the character himself is really stupid. There's also a really stupid part of the story pertaining to Fat Man. So he, he, and I might be getting some of the details not quite right here, but at one point you find out that he's uh, rigged all these bombs all over this, uh, this rig that you're in, in like the ocean kind of. Or not the ocean, it's in the, uh, the Hudson River. And you gotta go find these bombs and defuse them. As you're finding the bombs, there's a bomb expert that's sort of walking you through this and helping you out. Um, he's like, wait, that shouldn't, that bomb shouldn't be there. That's not like a structural 
you know, point. That's not a key structural point. He knows better than to put a bomb there. Why? What's what's really going on here? So you find these bombs in these random places, and what happens is, when you defuse all of these bombs, that is what sets the main bomb. It's rigged to arm itself when you defuse all these other, like, stupid bombs. And if you think about it, why wouldn't he just have a button to rig the main bomb? Right? Oh, because wow. Metal Gear Solid villain. There you go. Because Metal So yeah, that's my point. So, kind of silly, goofy, just stupid stuff that doesn't quite make sense. Uh, there's other things like when you save your game, there's this, uh, you, so you call up on your radio, which is your codec, you call up this girl named Rose, who is Raiden's girlfriend, and she saves your game for you. Uh... <laughs> every time, every time you do this, they then have a conversation for like a few minutes about, they, they basically start arguing with each other about stupid shit. She, it starts with her asking him if he knows what day, what's important about this day. He's like, oh, I'm sorry, I don't know, can you tell me? And then she's like, well, if you don't know, I'm not gonna tell you. And this pull, this turns into this big drawn out thing that's extremely sappy, that turns into them meeting and the first time they met and they laughed all day and then they went back to wherever and then it turns into her asking him why he has to sleep alone at night and it's like, it's, painfully cheesy sounds like a high school like phone call again it's painfully cheesy on purpose but it's still painfully cheesy um there's one basically 30 minute cutscene that consists of otacon just crying um otacon, so why do you like this game again wait that's in two and not four <laughs> yes otacon is like this nerd kind of geeky science tech guy who helps you out well, explain how he gets his name. Uh, because of, uh, uh, it's the anime, I don't remember the specifics, it's because of anime stuff that he likes. What because, is it? Because, uh, the, the, uh, Otaku-kan. Otaku-kan. Yeah, the convention. Yeah. yeah, yeah, okay, and he gets that nickname in the first Metal Gear Solid game. Yeah. Um, because I really like Otaku-kan. Um, so his name's Otakon, and there's this, <laughs> Really drawn out cutscene involving his sister and some like dark secrets about their family. And it is about a 30 minute long cutscene and he just cries and whimpers throughout the entire thing. Um, then there's other goofy stuff like Arsenal Gear, which is, uh, one, which is the metal gear in this game. Um, when you are inside Arsenal Gear, it says you're inside, like it shows you like what the name of the area you're in as you get, you start off in the arsenal gear colon and you eventually move to the arsenal gear rectum. Uh, Oh, I get it. I get it. Yeah. I got it. Took me a second. Then there's the overarching story itself, which is basically incomprehensible. (laughs) You can follow it. And ultimately like it, you know, aside from like weird, kind of plot holes that don't quite make sense, like the fat man thing I was talking about. It ultimately makes sense, but it's just so fucking convoluted, like pretty much just for the sake of being convoluted, that I can't think of any other game that just like tries on purpose to be more confusing than this one does. It's like every thing that you find out in the game, there's there's something else going on beneath that. 
And then you find out later that there's something else going on beneath that. And then there's something else going on beneath that. And it just keeps on going. Like, it's like Inception. Sounds it's like, like Lost the Video. Oh, wait. This, this is true, but there's actually more to it. And here's what's going on behind <laughs> that. Um, it kind of gets insane as far as the overarching. That seriously sounds like Lost the Video Game. That's what it makes me think of. I, yeah, probably so. I didn't, I never watched Lost, but Don't. I know enough about it to, to say long. that you're probably, you're probably right. Well, I mean, don't forget Fortune. <sighs> you want to? Why don't you talk about Fortune? You want to talk about Fortune? I, you... I'll, I'll touch on it. You can go into the details since he just played it. But there's this character in the game. She grew up in Africa. Is that right? Uh, I think so. And she was yeah because she like her tribe said that she was chosen by a spirit or something like that. Mm-hmm. And she's got this spirit around her that's protecting her. Interesting. And then in the game, what actually is happening? What's happening? What what this uh, means is that bullets won't hit her. She cannot be shot. And then, as it turns out, it's just that she has this device that she wears on her hip that emits some kind of a force field around her, so that she can't be shot. And okay. then later on, she loses the device, but <gasps> she gets she shot. Still can't she die? Shot. Oh, what? <laughs> Spoilers. Yeah. Uh, Come on, guys. That's that's a very it's good such ham fisted silliness. Like it's stuff that I can't take seriously, which is what the first Metal Gear Solid did. It had a lot of this silly crap, but it actually played it straight. It took itself seriously. And I think that was like the moment in Metal Gear Solid 2 where they were just like, We don't even give a shit anymore. And yeah. that's when I stopped giving a shit. Um, and that's never explained, is it? No, it's not. It's just, it's basically, she really was protected by a spirit (laughs) all along. Yeah. I need to play this game right now, guys. This sounds Although on the bright side, uh, Ocelot's in that cutscene, so it makes it pretty cool. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so kind of, I'll kind of take off where, where, what you mentioned, Blake, the, it's, once you get close to the end of the game, like the last three hours or so, um, it really starts to go all kind of off the wall. It goes completely off the rails. Um, there's that, and so kind of, I guess it probably starts when you're you're captured as Raiden, yeah. and they strap you to this torture device, and eventually you get saved from it, of course. But now you're naked nice. because they took your clothes, and there's a whole level where you're running around completely naked, just holding your junk. With both hands. So you can't attack or do anything. You have to just hide and stuff. You have to find medicine to take so you don't start sneezing because you got too cold and show them and like alert the bad guys to where you are. Then from there, um, the people that he talks to on his codex start sounding kind of weird. And then all of a sudden the colonel who you talk to from time to time, he says, uh, uh, Ryan, stop playing this game and just turn off the console right now. And Ryan's like, what? And honestly, when I, I didn't remember this part exactly. When he said that, I was honestly thinking like, do I, do I need to really turn off the console right now? I'm actually not sure. It's like a X-Men on Genesis thing. That's exactly, I was thinking X-Men on Genesis and uh, the Psycho Manus boss battle from the first Metal Gear Solid. I was like, maybe I, and then Ryan's like, what are you talking about? He's like, just don't worry about it. Just turn off the console, but you're not supposed to turn off the console. You're supposed to keep playing. Then it starts showing, uh, like video game footage from the very first Metal Gear on Nintendo. 
And then there's this one battle that you're in where you're fighting, and all of a sudden it goes to the mission failed screen. Uh, oh, and on the God, mission failed screen, yeah, whenever you die, it goes to mission failed screen, and it's like all this text takes up most of the screen, but there's still a tiny portion of the screen where you can see your guy, like, wherever he died. But instead of mission failed, it says fission mailed. And if you're paying close attention, you notice that you're actually still alive and you're still running around. And you have to play the game looking at the game over screen and just this tiny little portion <laughs> of the actual screen. See, I'm I sorry, think what different about some... this game you guys like? There, I actually kind of liked that part. Like That these... part's kind of cool. There are some cool deconstructions that happen in Metal Gear Solid 2. This, it's Honestly, it, it's uh, similar to Earthbound in that way. But there's a lot of really stupid stuff where it's more like it's taunting the player rather than kind of taunting the genre. And I think that's where it loses me. Like the stuff with having Raiden instead of Snake and that swap in just the way that Raiden's character acts in the game. Um, that's like pointing fun at the player themselves rather than kind of highlighting stuff that happens in the genre as a whole. Uh, things like having you play in that tiny screen mm-hmm. and the fish and mailed and stuff. I think that's funny. I think that's a good deconstruction of the genre. And it's actually kind of cool. But the, most of the game isn't made up of stuff like that. And that's what bothers me about Metal Gear Solid 2. Yeah. It hurts to be that deconstruction, but it's really, like, mean about it. I agree. I pretty much agree with that. Um, the the stuff where it's really breaking the fourth wall, telling you to turn off the console, gives you the fish and mailed screen. Like, that stuff was pretty cool when I encountered it, and I really enjoyed it. But, uh, like, the other stuff, like like Fortune and... Like, Batman. listening to Otacon cry for 30 minutes straight and playing as Raiden throughout the whole game. Don't, I didn't really, that stuff does lose, start to lose me as well. Um, so, I guess that's kind of all of the story that I'll talk about. The gameplay, um, the Metal Gear Solid series is built, of course, on stealth gameplay you're it's more sneaking around than than killing bad guys and in fact even when you do shoot bad guys it's best to shoot them with your tranquilizer because that just puts them to sleep and if uh, another patrol guy finds one of the other guys asleep he thinks he just fell asleep so he'll just wake him up and they won't start an alert but if you actually kill somebody or if you get seen then they'll then they'll start like an alert and it's like tons of guys come come after you and you have to find a really good spot to hide otherwise you're probably going to get killed because you can't it's it's not a game where you can just fight off like 20 bad guys coming at you. You can and sometimes it's fun to do, but it's a really bad idea. Yeah. Like I speaking of Metal Gear Solid 2, one of the things I remember doing in the demo of the game was exactly that. Uh when you're on the tanker and you're on the inside on the lower level, uh I spent a bunch of time just luring guys in there and killing them over and over. And it was a ton of fun. <laughs> Uh, so I played this on hard mode. I did a, I did a hard mode, no kill run. Mm. And it actually took me kind of a long time. I think, uh, when I first played this game, it took me 12 hours to beat. And on this run, it took me like a little over 16. Um, one thing though, that's really sort of a flaw in the whole flow of the gameplay is, and I'm sure Blake, you might already be aware of this, but I never really thought about it or noticed it when I originally played it. Whenever you go from one, like, room to the next, 
it like has to like load the new room. And if there is if there has been an alert, then uh there will still be an alert when you get to the next room and and uh, like the guys with shields and machine guns will still be chasing after you. If not, then it's just like then it's just like normal. So Oh yeah. So if you just run through a room really quickly, even if a couple guys do see you, if you get through the door before they call their their friends to come help, it's just like you made it past with with no problem. Yeah, just weird gameplay problems like that. And on top of that, even if they do uh call their buddies and there's an alert, if you make it to the next room and you die there, then that's fine because it starts you off in whatever room you died in with no alert. So it really doesn't even, it really kind of undermines the core aspect of the gameplay, which is don't get seen. If you're like me and you get frustrated because you're playing on hard mode and you just want to get through the fucking level, then you're just like, fuck it, I'll just run through. And if they shoot you a few times and call all, all their buddies, it's fine as long as you make it to the next room. You make it to the next room, let yourself get killed, and then you get to pick off in that room. You get to pick up in that room where you left off and, and everything's good. They're not still all chasing you. Using continues, you monster. <laughs> so, yeah, I wasn't doing the, uh, you see, you get seen once and your game's over mode. <laughs> Hell no. Um, so the gameplay I wasn't as impressed with as I was when it first came out. And I kind of, I, like I said, I didn't really even notice those flaws when I first played it. Also, what, another another thing that I was surprised by is that the boss battles were not as exciting as they are in most of the Metal Gear Solid games. There wasn't really... In fact, now that I think about it, I don't even know if there was really a boss battle that I would say is, was really a cool and good boss battle. Uh, huh. Um, there's Vamp kind of stands out. Yeah, I was out, about to say Vamp. That maybe. one kind of annoyed me, and I didn't really find it fun. I was like, I just kind of got through it eventually. Yeah, the fight after with the fight, the second fight with Vamp, uh, that one sucks. That one really sucked. The on uh, hard the first mode, one I remember being okay with Olga. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the Fat Man battle on hard mode was really tough because you have just exactly enough time to go disarm the bombs when he sets them. Uh, I had a I had a hard time doing that. Oh, and that reminds me, there is a lot of backtracking in this one. As there was in Metal Gear Solid 1. Especially in this part where you have to defuse all the bombs that you find out he placed all over the place. And it's just not fun to backtrack. Ever. Ever. So that was kind of a letdown. Um, the only other thing I'll say about the game is that it's got a lot of cool, like, really, it's got a lot of cool details. Like, there's a razor, for instance, that you can pick up early on in the game. And if you pick if you pick up the razor, then when you meet Solid Snake, he your guy uh, Raiden gives him the razor. And if that happens, then at the end of the game, Solid Snake has actually shaved his beard. And it's not anything that they draw attention to, but it's just kind of like a little Easter egg type thing. There's also uh, you can do pull ups. So if you're hanging on the edge of like a rail or something, you can press R and L. And you, he'll pull up with both arms to kind of like look over the edge to see if it's safe for him to climb up. And if you do, oh, yeah. and that counts as him actually doing a pull up and getting exercise if you do that. And if you do a hundred, if you do a hundred pull ups, 
It raises his like hanging strength, and you can hang longer before he loses all his energy and falls. Which is almost worthless through the entire game. Yeah, I I did I did not take advantage of that because it there's not really a reason to. I mean, if you were not very good at the game and you need like you can't time it quite right when you're hanging on stuff like that that could help. I didn't really get much use out of that. And uh I think I'll leave it there. I've probably talked three times as long as I should have already. I have a new hatred for this game. <laughs> I have uh, Blake, Blake. the open mind. I have a so. question for you. So one okay. mechanic one mechanic in the game is when you go to first person mode and you're shooting your gun or or, or pointing it at somebody. Uh specifically the handgun, or I guess it's true with any of them. You lightly press on the shoot button. And then if you want to put the gun down without shooting, you have to gently lift your thumb off of the button. But if you push hard and let go quickly, that makes him shoot. Uh, okay. What is? Do you remember that? And if so, what is your opinion on that game? A little, and I remember it just not controlling very well. I remember it being a pain in the ass to like hold people up and not shoot them. Uh-huh. I remember being a huge, huge pain to deal with. Because, like, one of the mechanics you can do in the game is uh, you can sneak up behind somebody, you can point your gun at them, and your character goes, like, don't move. And they're like, oh, oh, oh my God, don't shoot. And so you're sitting there sticking them up like a crook on the streets or something, and you are supposed to be able to let go of the, the gun button slowly, but it's so touchy and finicky that I always had a huge problem pulling it off. I when when I when I had this game on PlayStation 2 I think I successfully put the gun down without shooting it one time ever. <laughs> like every single time I was like shit. And then of course if you shoot then it has the, you know, potential to like draw other people to you and then hit, like the guy will turn around and start attacking you like that was kind of cool in theory, but it never worked out for me. Yeah, it was so so finicky. It actually did. I actually, I don't know if it was because I have more control over my thumb now, or if, or if it's having to do with the PlayStation 3 controller. But I actually had a lot better luck with that this time around. But man, I remember the first time when I had this game originally, I could not make that work for the life of me. Um, I think. Oh, you know what? The uh, the Metal Gear battle where you have to fight multiple Metal Gears. On that me- one's memorable, but not for a good reason, in my opinion. No, no. What all I was gonna say is, on hard mode, you have to fight twelve Metal Gears, and it's fucking insane. And I actually got to the point where I had the pattern down so perfectly that I nearly beat. It took me like an hour of playing it, just straight, like straight for an hour. I, on the time that I beat it, I did it nearly without getting hit once. Nice. So that was kind of cool. I was kind of excited about that, but the battle itself, getting to that point, was really kind of fr- it got it got frustrating. And then the final boss battle was really weird. I beat him on my second try, and I didn't. I don't even think I. I think it took me like six tries when I played it on normal mode back in the day. But anyway, uh, Blake. Yeah. Anything you have anything to say about it that I? I mean, there's probably other stuff like, not really, nothing worth adding, I don't think. I will say that the ending of the game is just as sappy as the ending to the first game. 
Really? I oh, feel like it's oh, more, much more of a mindfuck kind of moment. Well, well, okay, there is that. But then it's, well, all it comes down to is you gotta do the best that you can and try to make right in the world and it doesn't matter who you are now or who you think you're gonna be, you just gotta live in the moment and like, and try to make the world a better place. Like that's, that's the ending of the game. Hmm. Aside from the stuff that happens in the plot, which is which does get yeah, that, I don't remember that specific part. I remember all of the Statue of Liberty and the swords and that uh-huh. fun stuff. And then the the reveal right at the very end after the credits. Do you remember that? I won't spoil it if you don't. Uh, no, I don't think. Okay, I do. well, anyway, it's it's not. I'll say the first Metal Gear ended really. It ended like a romance novel. This one wasn't that bad. This one ended like a feel good movie. <laughs> Okay. Aside from all the mindfuckery. But that's Metal Gear Solid 2. Hmm. Jay, are you still alive? <laughs> I am I am loading a bolt gun right now. I have four to five four to six bolts loaded. <laughs> Holy so, crap, so I have a newfound hatred have a for this revolver game. Like Ocelot? I what? have a newfound hatred for this fucking game, that's all I have to say. Is it just because I talked about it for too long? Oh my god, it just sounds everything about it. Everything and anything just sounds terrible. Ocelot's cool. No. Ocelot's probably the best no. game. Stop. Stop. Okay, I'll stop. I'm gonna kill myself. Hopefully our listeners are still... I have yeah, a feeling hopefully people they haven't stopped. I have a feeling a lot of them fast-forwarded right after that little segue. <laughs> like, oh, Metal Gear Solid. Let's jump uh, 30 minutes. Uh, yep. I'm just kidding, Robert. I know, I know. No, I'm not. You guys want to talk about your top three favorite weapons? <sighs> yeah. Yeah, I do. <laughs> Blake, you want to go first? <laughs> You're like, yes, please. Anything else. Mine's the tranquilizer from Metal Gear Solid. Oh, my God. The Metal Gear from Metal Gear just Solid. Just stop. Just stop. I cannot. It's not even. I can't even handle the jokes and anymore. the Nikita Missile Launcher. Oh, and the... Porn mag from Okay, I'm gonna go first. No, no. So CQC. My it's number CQC. three. <laughs> Are we done? Uh, uh, you go ahead and start. I have like a full list. I just don't know which ones I want to use or where I want to put them. Okay, um, so our top three this week is we forgot to mention it on the podcast last time. Robert, <laughs> I think that was a group effort, not for Blake. Blake. Excuse me. You so we're doing. So we, we just. So this is kind of a low-hanging fruit one that we've been sort of uh, avoiding for a while because we just don't didn't want to do all the easiest ones. But since we didn't talk about it, we didn't feel like taking the time to come up with it. We were like, all right, let's do top three weapons, call today. So that's what we're doing. It's top three weapons. Go Blake. I mean Jay. Number uh, my number three is I, it's more of like the mechanic because all the weapons share the same ability. But uh, Secret of Evermore, I really like the uh, combat system in it. Uh, in particular, the spear mechanic, which basically was you could uh, melee swing with it because you basically had a, a um, an energy bar that went from zero or 100 percent. Um, at 100 percent, you did more damage. At zero percent, obviously, you did less damage. And anything anywhere in between, obviously, did a variety of damage. But once you leveled your weapons up, um, you got the ability to throw it. And so if you held it down, it would charge to 100% and then charge a secondary bar. And you could hurl it as like a ranged ability. And I always really liked the mechanic about it. And it was just something that was uh, one of my favorite type mechanics for, for weapons during the time. I don't think I understood any of that, but it sounds cool. See, I actually never liked the spears only because... It's pretty much it's all like, the weapons. I really liked all the weapons. Like that whole the I, charge mechanic. 
I, I like the charging mechanic, yeah. but I mean, I didn't like the spear because it kind of uh, invalidated the other weapons. It did. Like, it was by far the best. Like, it, pretty much the spear is the only thing you used. Yeah, you there was them. no contest between them. Yeah, no, I agree entirely. I know which one my number one is going to be. You want me well, to go okay. second? Robert's going second anyway, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> Robert, go. I'll go second. This one stands out to me because it was so fun to use in multiplayer matches. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of the series, but in Halo, the sticky grenades. Mm, okay. It was so satisfying when you landed one of those on somebody and there was nothing that they could do about it. They just freaked out for a second before getting blown up. I love those things. They had those in um, Red Faction. They had these oh, yeah? remote sticky mines, and you could. Th- it, my favorite part about it was you would th- you could throw them at their face, and if you hit them in the face, it would block their camera. All they would see is a bomb. Like if you looked at their screen, <laughs> that's cool. And well, what's even more fun about it is you could wait till till they're not paying attention and throw it on their feet or like their back or whatever, and then if they ran next to one of their allies, you could detonate it to kill the oh, ally nice. too. Yeah, that was really cool. I was like their faction. Yeah. Man, how do we talk about weapons from FPSs and not use slappers? Slappers? <laughs> From Goldeneye. Oh, yeah. Fists only, man. Oh, gosh. And throwing knives. Those How about the throwing good. hat? The one-shot hat? Was that, was that in the earlier, was, game? That was in the later ones. That was in the one for GameCube. That's the yeah. one I, I played that one more than the the ones you guys were talking about. Oh, man. Are, do we want to do honorable mentions before or at the end? Buster Sword, go. <laughs> That's for Robert. <laughs> I knew that. Fuck you. You just talked about Metal Gear Solid for Oh, my yeah. God. All right. Honorable mention, I got to the the sniper okay. rifle in Perfect Dark that can shoot through walls Ooh, and you can see through walls. That is a good one. That was a really fun and interesting Ooh. weapon to use. Like, that was that was a really cool idea. That if is a really talking good one. Perfect Dark, then I got to give some love to the laptop gun. Oh, yeah, that is uh, a good one. I vaguely remember that. Yeah, was that was a lot of fun. So cool. It was like it was a little machine gun, and then uh-huh. he could throw it down and turn it into a turret. That's right. Which is cool as hell. Those things were cool too. I also loved putting uh like mines around doorways so people yeah. walk just yeah. look up instantly. Rock mines all over the place. Um, another honorable mention I'll throw out is the uh the wooden sword in Ninja Gaiden for Xbox. <laughs> if you leveled it, up, it was just a wooden sword and it sucked. But if you leveled it up all the way, it basically turned into a paddle. And the paddle oh, yeah. still sucked most of the time, but there's this one move you could do with it that took off tons of health. Like, it did super damage, and you, like, spun in a circle when you hit with it. That's funny. It's, it's pretty cool. Hmm. Alright, I will have to give honorable mention to both the Tanuki suit and the Hammer Brothers suit oh. from Super Mario oh, Brothers. Oh, shit! Those are good ones. That is, damn, Blake, that is good. Those are really, really good ones. Uh, the best power-ups in that entire game. Dude, I love that. Uh, so much fun turning into a Hammer Brother and getting some revenge in that game, finally, after all those years. Uh, I think I'll have my next one be the Ultima Weapon from the Final Fantasy series. Ooh, I like okay. that. Uh, even as, like, the, like, not, I know we're talking about weapons specifically, but as a boss, too. Like a reoccurring boss yeah. as well. That's good, yeah. man. Uh, Ultima Weapon. It was a really cool concept in the games because uh, in almost all of them, except for maybe some of the very early ones, but I'm not sure, like 
uh, the actual two and three Japanese versions. Uh, it's, it's, it was a very unique thing that scaled off of your HP instead of just off of your strength stat. And it, uh, it often caused you to change the way that you would play a character. It also was fun because of the way you had to get a lot of times. It created a lot of end game content where you had to like grind and stuff, which was really cool for like the early on games because there wasn't much of an end game to them. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, sorry, do you have another one? No, that'll do it. I'll throw out one more. Urdekaiser on Xenosaga, which hmm. is the big robot I've talked about before. If you get all the parts to it, it does like, uh, it like forms yeah. sort of like a Power Rangers robot and it does 9999 damage to every enemy on the screen. <laughs> That's funny. Remember when 9999 was the cap? Like that was like it. Yep. That was like PS1. I was like, oh my god. <laughs> Can't handle five digits. Right. Nine 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 nine. It's never gonna go any higher than that. <laughs> Computers can't think that high. Final Fantasy ten. Mobs are hitting for like a hundred k and stuff. So. <laughs> All right, Blake, what you got for number three? My number three is gonna be. Uh, I don't know which. Oh, hold on, let me think between these two. Which do I like more? Robert, how's your day going? Uh, it's going Let's right. go with the X Buster as number three. X Buster. The plasma cannon that uh, Mega Man uses. Oh, okay. Well, specifically X, but in general, the plasma cannon from that Mega Man uses in all the games. It's not. Okay. It's not the same one all the time. Um, the X Buster in particular is great because it's when you started being able to charge up your special weapon unlocks too, not just your regular arm cannon. Uh, which completely changed the way that you were able to play the game. Uh, you could take on bosses differently. It opened up new secret areas and stuff. And uh, Mega Man X is an amazing game. X Buster, really cool addition to the series. Cool. That was a good one. Right, Am I up? Yep. Uh, my number two is going to be uh, Bionic Commando. So similar to like uh, what I said for Secret of Armor, it's like the whole the whole concept behind it, which was being able to grapple and use it as a weapon as well. It was kind of like your like almost all of your movement was based primarily around using this item or this weapon, which um, pretty much was a grappling hook, and it allowed you to get two objects, go up, go down. It allowed you to hit opponents as well, and it was just it was for NES, and it was like. It was just such a cool concept, and it worked so well, like the the mechanics, and it very it rarely ever had any issues, which was really impressive for the early stages of it. Nice. Yeah. Um. All right, my number two is the bio rifle from Unreal Ooh. Tournament. Ooh. Ooh. I just love this thing. It's a sludge rifle. It's like a little gun that you shoot green sludge with, and it kind of like it doesn't shoot like a uh, yeah like a bullet. It's like more of a kind of arc trajectory type thing it doesn't have great range or anything but it does sick damage if you hit people with it especially there is if you use your secondary attack you can charge it up and it shoots like a ton of goop at them and uh, if it misses them then it still gets goop all over the floor and if they run over they get hurt but if you charge it up all the way and hit them with like the huge glob of green goop then it kills them instantly didn't it do like a dot or something too if i'm not mistaken or do something like additional um i think if you've well if you fully charged it it could uh, you would shoot a big blob and that blob would explode and it would leave. Oh, stuff maybe that's floor. what I'm thinking of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The big blob. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, the big blob would, would explode into little bits. 
That would make sense. Okay. The normal blobs you could just leave on the walls too. The big blob exploded into the normal sized blobs. Cool. Yeah. That was a good one. I like that. Yeah, it was really That's fun really good one, when you yeah. landed a fully charged shot on people with those. Basically one shot at them. them. Yeah. All right, my turn? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, for my number two, speaking of Zelda, my number two is the Master Sword. I was waiting for it. <laughs> it kind of had to come up. Uh, yeah. It's such an iconic piece of Zelda. Uh, it, it, there's just this big moment of epicness when you find it, when you pull it out of the stone, when you've unlocked all the things that you need to be able to obtain it, it just feels really, really good. Uh, it's, it's probably, I mean, I can't think of any weapon that would be more iconic than the Master Sword. Uh, My number one is more iconic. My number one is more. <laughs> oh, we'll see about that. I, I think it's comparable. Probably not, though. We'll see. We'll the see. only really iconic weapon I can think of other don't than say that anything. is... Well, okay. You might say it. I don't know. You might. I don't like you. <laughs> <laughs> it's Sonic's I mean, shoes. To me, it's... Come on, God. spoilers. No, I'm just Dude. <laughs> uh, to me, it's like... um, It's as much a part of Zelda as Link is. Yeah. Oh man, I just I remember every agree. time you get a sword upgrade. I pretty much agree. What? I, I just remember as a kid trying to get trying to level up the swords in the first one and just being so oh excited each time in the ancient sword. Or in Link to the Past when you found like the the golden one and stuff. Yeah. Ooh, baby. <laughs> Ooh, baby. All right, Jay. What's your favorite weapon ever to play? Whoa, in a whoa. Video let's not game? say that. It's it's definitely, I think it's the most, like, well, it's also very iconic, is friggin', well, it's, it's multiple weapons, but friggin' Metroid, are you kidding me? Like, the, uh, yeah, I, that's, was that what you were gonna say? No, I thought you were gonna say the Buster Sword for real. Oh, no, hell no. <laughs> no, no, when, when we were talking about comparable to, to the Master Sword. Is that, that's not what you were gonna say, though? Me? Yeah. No, I was gonna say, I thought you were gonna say the Buster Sword. Oh, no, no, no. I mean, the Buster Sword's obviously recognizable, but I think. That, that's, that's what I was thinking. That's the only other really oh, kind of, no. like, iconic weapon that yeah. I can think of. No, and but it's, it's not. It's not quite there. No, not but uh, yeah. If anybody's obviously, if you play Metroid, there's just such a variety between the the bombs, the rolling, the the power shots, the you know, everything, the missiles. Like so, so you, you're you, saying like the entire suit. Yeah, in in a sense, I mean, it, it's it's more of like a cheating. yeah. Wow. Okay. All right, Blake. <laughs> um. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that's cheating. You big bastard. Oh my god. Alright, find the Buster Sword. Number I one, actually Rob. thought about, uh, <laughs> using like the wave beam or something like that as one of mine. Wave beam in... In Metroid. Oh, okay. I didn't know that's what it was called. Yeah. Although I was thinking of Blade Well, that's beam. what, you know what one the Buster of the Sword does. Are for. <laughs> <laughs> that's what one of the upgrades for her cannon is called. There's the ice beam, wave beam, uh, shit. Um. Oh. Well, your third limit break is called Blade Beam if you have the Buster Sword. My God. <laughs> you want to keep doing this? Just piss off Robert. No. He talked about Mugu Soul for 45 fucking minutes. Uh... I can only masturbate so many times before my just gets sore. <laughs> God. The uh, Arsenal gear was a really cool weapon. It's a metal gear. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Metal Look Gear Ray did. was sprinkled. Look what you did. <laughs> Oh no. 
This is what you did. Is that your number one? Is that no, your... no, no, no. Okay, so my number one was the only obvious one that I was like, this is going to be on my list, and I know it's going to be number one. And I had a little trouble finding, figuring out my other two. This is kind of minor spoilers for uh, The Secret of Monkey Island. So uh, if you don't want to he- hear a spoiler for that game, let's do a one-minute spoiler timer starting now. Yeah, I'll go away. Okay. <laughs> um. In Monkey Island, <laughs> are you really? Are you really? Do you really want to go away? I don't care that much. Go ahead. Okay, one minute starting. Oh shit, we are, we gotta go. Uh, okay. So the the antagonist of, of Monkey Island is a ghost pirate named LeChuck, and eventually you find out that in order to beat LeChuck, you have to get this root, and you find this root. And this kind of built up throughout the whole game. It's like you gotta find this like secret route. And that's the only way you can ever like defeat him. Uh throughout the game you go, you go keep hearing more about the route. You finally get the root, and what you do with the root is you make root beer with it, and you spray him with root beer. And that's how you kill a chuck. And that's how you kill all the ghost pirates, is you at one point in the game you've got this canister of root beer and you go around spraying it on him, and that's like the super weapon that you end the game with. Thanks, Robert. Now I want root beer. Well, it's the best. It is the best. I love me some root beer. Yeah. There's so much good root beer in this world. Delicious. Good for you, too. It's just root beer. It's root beer floats. Well, I don't like root beer. No, root beer by itself. You don't need to fucking float it. <laughs> the fuck are you talking about, Blake? <laughs> it's like the Major's mask of root beer right there. You don't have to float it. Blake. Uh, what's up? Yeah, me? My, right. my number one? Number one. All right. Well... There's a reason that I didn't use the Tanuki suit and the Hammer Brothers suit from Mario Brothers 3 because I had a better answer, Uh-oh. and that is Karibo's shoe. <laughs> what? The shoe! Oh, the shoe. Come on. That oh. you can have in, like, one stage. The boot? The big-ass boot Yeah, thing? the boot. That's Karibo's what called? Show, boot like, shoe. slash the... Goomba shoe, slash Karibo's boot, slash Goomba's boot. I don't know. That's what it's called. Yep. Karibo is Japanese for Goomba, I think. Tell us about it. Um, it is the best weapon ever because what you do, it's a little wind-up toy boot, and there's a Goomba living inside it, and you kick this Goomba's ass right out of there. Tell him to find and a new And then home. you jump inside yeah. the boot, and the boot hops around like a frog suit, but way cooler because it's a boot. And what you can do is you can walk across spikes with it. You can jump on enemies, and Mario's poking his little mustached face out just a little <laughs> bit. Hilarious. You can like only see his eyes in there. Yeah, and it's you're important just like, to point yeah, that out. You're not just awesome. wearing a you're not just wearing a boot. You're <laughs> inside like a boot. giant boot that you're wearing like a suit. You're not like putting it on one foot and then going around kicking Goombas in the ass or something. It's not like that. <laughs> it's the best item. <laughs> It's the best weapon of all time and probably the best item of all time. <laughs> it's a good time. It's a good thing. Uh-huh. That was a good one. Oh, that was a good one. Mine was better, but yours is really good, too. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> uh, all right. That's a pretty good. That's a pretty good list. We got to come up with our next top three list. Uh, top three uh, armor from... Uh, <laughs> no, thank you. Uh, the Ultima armor and... Uh... Uh, the shield belt from UT and Arsenal Gear. Metal Gear Solid 4. Oh my god. <laughs> Arsenal Gear. Biden's naked body. 
His high heels. Uh, uh, all right, so we'll just cut out all the thinking part here, I guess. Yeah, we'll cut out all the thinking. All right. Our top three is going to be licensed games, such as X-Men by LJN. <laughs> that will not make it onto anybody's list. <laughs> oh, don't you worry, buddy. God. It's going to be Buster Sword and... Whatever you said, X-Men. Cool license game. <laughs> Got him. All right. Oh, we did get a, a couple tweets uh, about people's favorite uh, classic weapons. Oh, cool. Let's hear it. We got, I think, two. Uh, The Buster from Mega Man X. Yeah. Shoutouts to Mythical Beasts, who gave me the idea. And, uh... That was, uh, yeah, that was Mythical Beasts. Travision on Twitter says, gotta go with the Omni Blade on the Omni Tool from Mass Effect 3. I, I'll be honest with you, Diane, I don't know what that means. Well, <laughs> Trav, please. It's not quite a classic game, because it came out like a year ago. But that's okay, like Travis. Two years ago now. Two years ago now. That's okay, Travis. We're, we don't yeah. care. We're not gonna judge you for that. I am. Blake will, but I'm not. Jay, what are, are you going to judge him? I just sneezed, so... I'd... At least one of us will not judge you. <laughs> Great! Okay. Blake's a douche, we all know. Suck my D. Done. So there you go. The D stands for douche. Oh, you have a douche? <laughs> Did you say nerd? Stop, I'm le- hang up the call. Alright, that's it. We got a top three and everything. Is that all for our viewer mail stuff? I th- yeah, that's it. Okay. Groovy. Oh, nobody, so nobody took me up on my bribe to send us an any email, which is I'll give you a key for gunpoint and for risk of rain. If you send me an email. You gotta sweeten the deal. Can, can you promise nudes? I can promise ride in nudes and that's all. Oh, oh god, oh. I'm leaving this call now. Um. So if you send us a cool, funny email, I don't care what it's about. If it makes us laugh and it's an awesome email, I will give you, I'll give one person risk of rain and gunpoint. Cause I got some keys for those that I'm not going to use. We want some, and we need some emails cause nobody sends us any emails anymore. Please help us. We miss you. Please help us. If you want to send us an email, you can do so at Jay. What's our email address? Blake, what's our email address? I gotta go! (laughs) Got him. Can you say it in the big boot? Good night, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Got him. Mail, mail at classicgamingpodcast.com. I knew that. See, I would have said contact, and I would have felt like (laughs) the biggest douche. Well, now you don't have to. That's good. Exactly. Um, douche. Follow us on Twitter at Class Gamescast. Maybe I'll start tweeting some stuff one day from there. Yeah, that would be a good idea. You a good idea. Our website is ClassicGamingPodcast.com. Find us on the iTunes store and give us some reviews. We still got, I think, four stars currently. And is there anything else we want to talk about? Do you want to talk about any any? No, last time we said we're going to talk about non-classic games that we've been playing lately if we want to at this point 
True. I've already done that. I talked about Smash a little bit. Yeah, Blake um, already did his. Jay, you wanna anything you wanna say? No. Played over turn. Overwatch. Good try though. Overwatch. That's almost the same thing. I haven't I've I have not Metal been Gear playing. Liquid. Yeah. I played <laughs> Metal Gear Liquid. Alright. I I finally beat the Wolf Among Us and I've been playing a little bit of Divinity Original Sin still. That's all I gotta say. Nice. Um that's it. Okay. Blake, I have found us... the time to play more Tales of Magiol, the I... turn-based roguelike. Okay. I finally got a good run on one of the new classes that got introduced like before Christmas. Um, yeah. I haven't touched it since like the release day when that happened. Now that I think about it, uh, I got a good run going on one of the new uh, the new class, and I unlocked the other new class. I'm having a good time with it. Uh, a lot of fun. Sweet. Well, I think that about does it. Okay. Blake, can you give us a booming outro? Oh, I'll do you one better than that. You're going to get so much echo here. You're not even going to be able to understand a thing that I'm saying. Oh, my God. Go for it. There. That's all you get. And good night. And good night. All right. Good night, everybody. Hello and good night. Thank you. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in two weeks. Good night, guys. Or, or a little bit less, actually, because this one was late. <laughs>